organizations have to weigh whether or not they're going out to their loyal donors right now. There's a lot of fundraising campaigns that are being centered around COVID-19 because there's a lot of populations out there that this will impact right now. And so yeah. people need yeah. to still be funding those organizations. Hi everyone, Trista McIver here, Program Advisor with AMC NPO Solutions. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about fundraising. Now, this is a very common topic with many not-for-profits. There are so many ways that a charity, organization, association, society goes about securing funding for their cause. I have invited Shelley Mealstein, the Manager of Philanthropy at Spinal Cord Injury BC on the podcast today. Shelley will highlight some common challenges which organizations face with fundraising and securing funders. Welcome, Shelley. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, your role at Spinal Cord BC and what are you responsible for? Great. So thanks, Trista. So as Manager of Philanthropy, my responsibility is to manage our fund development team. Sounds big. Uh, we actually only have um, two and a half staff that work directly on our fund development team. But my job is to manage the team, manage all the fundraising pieces, make sure that grants get in on time, that our campaigns are successful, keep an eye on the budget, and of course, liaise with our program staff to make sure that we're finding funding for the programs that they need funded. Perfect. Now, what is the most challenging? Um, aspect of fundraising that you find for organizations? Yeah, so finding money is the <laughs> most challenging part, yeah. uh, to be honest. But, but, um, but in that, there's several different challenges, I think. Um, for me, one of the things that's most challenging is funding parameters. So we get our funding from a variety of different sources, government, uh, corporate sponsors, foundations, um, sometimes municipalities. Each different funder has their own very specific parameters about they what they will fund and what they won't fund. So, for example, kind of top of my list that I find most challenging is not funding core, what they call core um, expenses, or and often those are salaries. So that would mean basically anything we need to keep the ship afloat on a day-to-day -day basis. That means HR, that means finance, that means our program staff. That also means our executive leadership, like our executive director, um, any manager, staff, and of course, fund development. So that's a lot of, uh, of the organization's expenses. So when funders exclude that, it can be very challenging um, to even find things that they can fund in our programs. And that is very common. So those funding parameters I find really challenging. Another part of the funding parameters is people really get excited about funding new initiatives, very innovative programs, anything that's new and shiny. And mm -hmm. that's great because we need uh, funders who are willing to take a risk on any kind of new programs or projects that you want to introduce. Yep. The, the challenge with that is that Spinal Cord Injury BC has been around for 67 years. We know what we're doing. We're very good at what we do. We have very established programs that need to run year after year. So trying to fit into that box of new and shiny um, is pretty challenging for us. And I would say it's not appropriate because we need to fund the programs that we, we know that there's a need for. Um, and that's really what we need the funding for. 
another thing that I could talk all day about this, by the way, but another oh, thing that we, <laughs> that we find challenging in, in my personal, in my field, yeah. um, is small grants. So our budget is $2.1 million. And a lot of the kind of, um, some of the corporate grants that we apply for, some of the foundation grants are in the range of anywhere from $500 to $1,500. So as you can imagine, trying to make up a budget of $2.1 million with that many small grants is not only uh, really time consuming, it's, it gets very tricky to be able to um, to fit that into a work schedule. So the sort of small amount of money that is available for some of those grants makes it very challenging. You don't want to not apply for them because you need the money. But at the same time, it's not a great investment of your time as, as a fundraiser. Um, and I would say kind of related to that is, is repeat funding. So many funders will say, um, this is not meant to be ongoing funding. You can apply and get the funding this year, but we will give it to you for another year. You can't apply for another year or two, which means that basically every year uh, we have to go out and look for brand new funders again, which is extremely time consuming and really I think has an effect on our ability to provide stable funding for our programs. So with, with that, um, how do you secure uh, those, those funders, those repeat yeah. funders? It's a good question. So one of the, in, in our organization, we have some corporate sponsors. Mm -hmm. So these are program sponsors that have come on to um, join our organization in a bigger way. So they are usually in the, you know, $20,000 up to $100,000. Mm -hmm. And those, and additionally, I really work with our, our funders to try to help them understand that we need ongoing funding. And so we push for... Um, you know, two and three year agreements so that we aren't go having to go back to them every year mm -hmm. to renegotiate a new contract. It's time consuming on both sides. doesn't leave a lot of time for employee engagement and to really get into it with the sponsor and help them um, sort of make their way into our organization. So, so that's one of the ways. Um, and then we have a lot of individual donors as well. So we're very lucky that we have individuals in the community that support us either annually or kind of year after year or come back to some of our fundraising campaigns. So those are some of the ways that we try to make sure that we have some stable funding. Mm -hmm. Now, what's going on lately um, with COVID-19, yeah. um, I've heard from a lot of um, organizations that I'm talking with that many of their uh, fundraising galas, uh, their uh, conferences are all canceled. And um, I've heard that that's a, a huge chunk of their, their budget. Okay. Um, what, what do you think we could do next? Well, I'll give you a bit of an example from my own organization. So uh, we have canceled all of our programs. Mm -hmm. um, we are still working, but we're all working from home. Mm -hmm. In terms of fundraising, we are coming up to one of our uh, biggest public fundraising campaigns. It's the Scotiabank Charity Challenge, where 80 charities come out to Stanley Park, yeah. um, and they've all been fundraising for you know two or three months, um, and and. I do expect that that will probably be canceled because it's being held in, in June, 
So I'm not sure that that's going to go ahead. Um, for our organization, that means a $100,000 hit. Um, that's what we anticipated to raise, and that's no small potatoes for us. We've yeah. also already heard from one of our longtime corporate sponsors that they will not be able to fund us this year because uh, they've already seen such a hit in the last couple of weeks. We're only at the end of March now. We don't know yeah. how long it's going to happen. Um, it's going to go on. And so mm -hmm. I fully expect that we are going to see a really big hit to our fundraising. It also feels, um, it feels a bit, I think organizations have to weigh whether or not they're going out to their loyal donors right now. There's a lot of fundraising campaigns that are being centered around COVID-19 because there's a lot of populations out there that this will impact right now. And so yeah. people need yeah. to still be funding those organizations. For yeah. us, um, we don't have that immediate need. And so we'll be deciding what, how we approach our fundraising campaigns coming up, knowing that everybody is taking a hit on this. At the same time, um, we're still working and we're still here for our members. And we want to keep, of course, our staff um, employed and engaged in the work. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, with, with the staff, um, because I think we, we chatted a little bit about just, and you mentioned it earlier about the overhead of costs and how the fundraising definitely helps with that and um, retaining your loyal employees. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with, with what's going on right now, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. Um, but uh, in the past, uh, what has um, Spinal Cord Injury BC done? To retain our employees? Yeah. During f uncertain funding time? No, just, just, uh, just, uh, just in, in general, like at right yeah. now, yes, there's uncertainty, but yeah. in the past, um, when you had the funding, you had the right, um, donors coming in yeah, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. So we question. have, we've got staff all over the province as far up volunteers and staff as far up as, uh, Fort St. John. Um, mm -hmm. and so, and also I'll mention that half of our staff uh, are living with a disability, most of them spinal cord injury. Oh, and uh, yeah. the, the statistics for people with, uh, with a disability and employment are, are much different than the general population. As mm -hmm. much as 60% of people living with disabilities are unemployed. And so our employees, um, we, we really try to keep our employees on, um, you know, full-time or part-time, whatever their agreement is, throughout the year. Um, there's some charities that are more program-based and they'll uh, bring on and sort of uh, end contracts throughout the year. We're more of a 365 day a year um, staffing. And so we work really hard to uh, make sure that our, our staff stay employed. We'll cut all other costs, um, I think, before that to make sure that we are still able to support our staff because supporting our staff means supporting our members. and. Um, some of these staff are in more remote communities, um, and in, especially in times like these, they need those connections with other people with spinal cord injury. Absolutely, yeah, that's great. So, um, in terms of fundraising, what do you find works? And um, as you said, you mentioned you have an annual campaign. Um, is there anything? Is there anything else you could share? Yep. So. I've um, been I've been doing fundraising for several organizations, and I like to watch closely what other organizations do. I like to volunteer um, on other organizations' fundraising events 
and campaigns so that I can kind of learn as much as possible because what I've seen um, through my all my years, the whole 25 years I've been working, <laughs> every organization is a bit different. And so the fundraising for each organization uh, looks a little bit different, although there's lots and lots of, of commonalities. So yeah. um, for us, what has worked for us, um, we have a strong uh, grant writing team. So um, that's something that is very much a, a part of our success in terms of diversifying how we get our, our money in, uh, and also in terms of building relationships with some of these um, grantors or foundations. Um, we find that those that do offer, you know, more than one uh, shot at, at funding, um, we've got some long-term relationships with. Those might be United Ways, they might be community mm -hmm. foundations, they might be cities like the city of Victoria or city of Vancouver. Um, so some of our grant writing is, is one of the way that we've sort of been successful. One of the other ones kind of on the other side of, of the map is our peer-to-peer -peer campaign, the one that I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. which is the Scotiabank Charity Challenge. So right. probably most people know what a peer-to-peer -peer campaign is, but it's basically when you've got your members or your clients or your family and friends and staff out there collecting money on your behalf. So mm -hmm. we, you know, our, we've got a team of about 100 members usually who are out there uh, rolling, walking, running for this uh, one day event and between all of them they reach out to their their friends and family and contacts and they raise a heck of a lot of money for us um, it's been incredible when we started that campaign seven or so years ago that we raised I think we thought we hoped to raise maybe ten thousand dollars we raised 15 we thought that's amazing and now last year we raised ninety eight thousand dollars so the, wow yeah so it's that it, is fantastic yeah it's been building every year and yeah. so we've found a bit of a niche in our fundraising with our particular membership mm -hmm. um this is something we they get excited about um yeah. it gives them a chance to give back to our organization and for us it's been very successful um those are just two uh those are just two examples i'll give okay. you one example that doesn't work for us is okay. Uh, galas, gala gala do's, um, as Fredley mm -hmm. likes to say on the CBC. So um, we live in Vancouver. Our head office is in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, event space is incredibly expensive here. Um, the cost of throwing something like a dinner or an event, um, we just don't have the, the type of the donor base that's going to come in and spend $10,000 on an event. So we chose a few years ago to stop doing those types of things because the math just didn't add up. Um, and right. so we've, we've stopped yeah. doing that. Um, it's a bit of a shame because we lose that personal connection with donors, which is very important for us. But at the same time, like I said, the math just doesn't add up. Galas and events like that are too expensive for a, a small-ish charity like Spinal Cord Injury BC. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Now, you're talking about your 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 donors, your um, supporters. Now, how does Spinal Cord Injury BC thank their thank their donors? Yeah, it's a good question, and I'll say that for a lot of charities, um, this is something that we we love our donors very much, but we get caught up in the day to day of how am I going to make my budget this year? So that kind of gets lost. So every year we try um, to find better ways of of uh, thanking our donors. One of the things that's very successful for us is our thank you calls. 
So we have a wonderful person on our admin and finance team that uh, calls every single donor um, after, after someone makes a donation. So if you're donating four or five times a year, you get four or five phone calls. And, um, and it's just to say thank you. And, and we find that people are very receptive to that. That's, that's very personal. Yeah. And, and another thing that we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing we've done in the past that's similar is uh, actually had our board members call some of our donors okay. that have given for long periods of time or maybe extraordinary amounts. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that gives the board members also a, an opportunity to connect more deeply with the organization and with the donors and the donors uh, seem to really appreciate that. Yeah. I'll mention one more um, thing that we love to do and people love to receive and that's videos. Now videos can be very expensive to produce um, and I'll just put this out there for anybody who's thinking of um, doing more or wondering okay, I can't do this. I don't have a big you know, budget for videos. Mm -hmm. We had one of our staff put together a, a very easy template and give us people like me who don't know how to make a video, really, really clear instructions on how to make a really good, quick iPhone thank you video for donors. And so that's a strategy that we'll be implementing this year to, um, to give our donors more of that sense of what it's like to be at an event, um, to hmm. be able to hear a message directly from an event participant or from a program participant um, that's really from the heart and really gives them that connection. Because at the end of the day, what we're really trying to do is thank the donor and show them where their money is going and how we're using it. Absolutely. And, and seeing who is directly benefiting from it. That's right. That's, that's really touching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's nice. So I guess, You've touched on it a little bit, but what is the mission of Spinal Cord Injury BC? Sure, yeah. So Spinal Cord Injury BC um, works with people with spinal cord injury and other related disabilities like MS or CP. Mm -hmm. And we connect people to one another in communities, provide information and support. And really what we're there to do is to help people adapt and to adjust and to thrive after an injury. So it's a it can be a huge life change for somebody who has a spinal cord injury. In the beginning, they really need to adapt to their new body, to their new mobility challenges, to their new daily routines. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, we're really we're there during that moment. But then we want to help people throughout throughout their lives. So we're there to help them adjust, help them you know whatever it is, find employment, learn about their different health needs, um, figure out how to have a baby, um, figure out how to start a new business. Like we really cover yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, and we, yeah. we've created these really beautiful communities of support all over the province. Mm. Um, and, and our members are very open to sharing what works and what doesn't with one another. And uh, so that's what we're there to do, to help people adapt, adjust and thrive after an injury. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, thank you so much for coming on today and yeah. sharing information with us. A very important uh, topic. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's the best way that people can get in touch with you and uh, donate to your cause? Sure. So the easiest way is to go to our website, which is sci-bc.ca. 
there there's a donate button there's lots of resources for people who are looking for information for with spinal cord injury um, you can also uh, find our staff page there and it's got it, it's got instructions on how to get in touch with any one of us perfect yeah and um, we'll also have your website at the uh, notes section of our podcast yeah. super and if anyone ever wants to chat fundraising I'm I'm all ears I love it <laughs> well I'm glad I chose you to talk about it <laughs> all right well have a good day thank you okay thanks everyone bye